I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. You know that we were heading off to the Thin Blue Paw Awards the other night, but due to adverse rain conditions, we didn't make it. Well, that's why we're jumping on Zoom to talk to police dog handler Colin Nash from the City of London Police, whose dog Elvis the Labrador won the Rising Star Award. Hi, police constable Colin Nash. Welcome to Dogs Live. Anna, thank you very much. It's very kind of you to ask me to be here. No, I'm so excited because I was supposed to be at the Thin Blue Port Awards last Tuesday, but due to rain and transport connections looking completely complicated because of... Oh, what a shame. I know, and I, I really hated myself. The, the reason was, oh, having been flooded at the end of July by extreme rainfall in Hackney, the great storm of Hackney, um, it's kind of really put a bit of fear um, into me. I can me believe when, it. Yeah, whenever it rains. Um, I go into a bit of a meltdown. I mean, not drizzle. I'm all right with drizzle. But when it really starts to tip it down, you're having to put sandbags in your, by your front door and at your back door, you kind of and making a dam in oh. your god. Yeah. So it was, it was one of those. So oh, what a shame, a real shame, because it was the first awards for this charity that basically champions the fact that police dogs, service dogs should get a pension as well as their handlers. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Um they do. Um, unfortunately, you're quite right. The police dogs, once they retire, it's in the hands of um, whoever's got them. It's not always the handler that retires them, keeps them for obvious reasons, because sometimes it's just not fair on the dog. If the officer goes to work every day, then the retired police dog is just sat at home doing nothing for the for eight to 12 hours. So it's not very fair. So we do try to make sure that they're very, very well looked after. Majority of the time, they go to a family member. One, you know, they're going to be, you know, very well looked after. And two, you can nip round and see them occasionally. So how long have you been a police dog handler, Colin? Um, this is my 15th year, 17 year in a job, but 15 years as a police dog handler. Gosh, so in that time, you've well, certainly had more than one other dog. Oh, yes. Um, I've had quite a few German shepherds, just unfortunately, in the beginning of my career um you know the german shepherds were were gift dogs and um unfortunately with gift dogs you have no idea what their background is it, it's not always what people tell you and and some of the times we had to just take a chance on a, on a gift dog and sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't unfortunately i had two that didn't um, I had uh, one of my German shepherds had a, a medical issue, had a, a problem with his heart. Uh, and I had one that didn't like shiny floors. Um, so that, that was obviously, you can understand how difficult that would have been to send him after somebody. And if he run on a shiny floor, he'd find a mat and bark on a mat. So unfortunately, <laughs> that wasn't uh, any good for a, a police German shepherd. So unfortunately... Um, but I did have one that I took from a puppy right to the, the to the very end. Unfortunately, he had a, a heart defect and he um, he died in my arms. Unfortunately, oh. um, 
Uh, and then I uh, got a, a, another wonderful, you, you get another German Shepherd, you think, oh, he'll never replace the one before. But I did have a wonderful German Shepherd called Riley. And on the Thin Blue Poor um, website, Riley uh, also won an award. He won, he won a runner-up award with Andy Bailey from Derbyshire. So I was, you know, I was over the moon on two occasions on that evening. Oh, fantastic. Isn't that brilliant? Now, you're actually working in London as part of the Met. Is that right? No, no. We, um, I'm, my force is the City of London Police, but due to the passive aspect, we work quite closely with the Metropolitan Police and the uh, British Transport Police. So there's about six of us in total that we all help each other. Oh, OK. And when you say passive work, is this something new for you with Elvis, the fantastic Yellow Labrador, <laughs> the winner of the Rising Star Award at the Thin Blue Poor Awards? Yes, um, I... I was about to, you know, wanted a, a bit of a change. And the sergeant at the time said that, have you considered uh, a passive drug dog? We haven't had them in the city for some time. Uh, senior management said that it was a, a good idea because of the transient drug problem. So therefore, I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a go. And uh, I, I haven't looked back since. I, I absolutely love it. Very, very, very lucky. I never forget how lucky I am by having Helvis. And yes, he is a uh, passive, proactive drug dog. The passive side is uh, where he will stand um, at a train station, shopping centre, airport. And as people walk past, he scans the air around them. He doesn't actually scan them. It's just the air around them that the odour of the drug is giving off. And he'll pick up on that. He'll follow people. Once I'm sure that um, he's following the right person, I will stop them, brief chat, and then pass them on to my uniform colleagues who are waiting by, by the side. The proactive side is where you uh, might have seen them on the TV, where they're searching cars, uh, houses uh, and outside areas. He's fully trained in that as well. But his main role is a passive drug dog. You know, it's amazing because that type of sniffing, if you like, has been used by medical detection dogs recently with their COVID trained dogs to, you know, go up and down, you know, an airport queue and hopefully pick out people that are positive with COVID-19 that then go on to be tested. The view to like speeding up everything in an airport environment or, you know, anywhere really, anywhere, train station and just kind of increase the safety. But I'm so disappointed because the dogs don't seem to be out doing anything yet, Colin, um, these medical detection dogs. Whereas in Finland, they've got them working, got different dogs, obviously Finnish ones, at airports doing this, for example, this passive sniffing. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I, I, it's, um, I do keep an eye on the um, medical detection dogs, um, especially when they're uh, you know, looking for uh, things like epilepsy. They can pick up on an advanced seizure alert the owner that um, they're possibly about to have a seizure. You're right. Unfortunately, I personally haven't seen them yet. Um, I do believe that they are out, but personally, I haven't seen them. But as you can tell, they are fantastic. We have not, clearly not, tapped into these uh, dogs' potential. 
I know it's extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, there's something, you know, a dog can smell a diluted teaspoon of sugar diluted by two Olympic swimming pools worth of water. <laughs> I mean, you know, and we can't, I've got a cup of tea here, you know, it hasn't got sugar in it. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to smell it at all you know no, so no. it just kind of puts it into perspective for anyone listening that thinks well how on earth could Elvis you know smell something from quite afar you know it's extraordinary it is it's absolutely amazing I am always when I watch him I'm in awe of him uh, and it's a wonderful thing to see him work and he works and then you stop someone who's uh, I ask them you know is there any reason why my dog would indicate on you and they say no and then five minutes later you're informed that unfortunately some illicit substances were found in the gentleman's underwear or in his socks or in his bag or under his hat and, and it's not just gentlemen it, it's females as well. Really? Gosh, yeah. I mean, what you know, what a role that you have, you know, you're sort of going really, you know, into London in, in a way, you know, and, and, and highlighting stuff that's going on around people that they haven't got a clue, you know, on the tube and things, right? Absolutely. I mean, say you mentioned the COVID dogs. Many, many a time people have come up to me and said, is he a COVID detection dog? And I have to sit there and I explain to them what he's actually doing. And and then they go, oh, I didn't know dogs could do that. I, I just, I'm just in awe of him, if I'm, if I'm truly honest. Yeah, yeah. No, I get, I get that. I mean, training scent work is something, you know, I'm really interested in. Years ago, I did actually launch medical detection dogs with their cancer work, you see. Oh, so, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It's something I'm really proud of. I think it's the only yeah. important thing I've ever done, to be honest, <laughs> a contribution to the world. Um, and, um, no, it's interesting because I've got a bull terrier, you know, and you know they're not known for you'd never you'd never have a bull terrier on the force you know because it'd be like do you know what it's raining today and I never say never no, I know, I know, I know, I know. Mind you, PC Wardell, Dave Wardell, you know, he um, paid prudence. That's my bull terrier, a massive compliment because I had this mad idea to uh, train her to find a British truffle just for yeah. something to do, you know. And so um, Dave um, took on the challenge. And even oh, though he'd never, you. I know, never <laughs> trained a dog to find a truffle before, but he's trained them obviously like, like yourself to find explosives. Sure everything you know counterfeit money you name it and sure. um but it's the same process isn't it it's this sense yes, discrimination yes. whatever it is the scent you're getting yes. them to tune into but then actually got it so fast it was so brilliant and we were training in woods so it'd be realistic and yeah. yeah I'm really proud of her but then when you watch a dog actually on the scent or trying to find it she turned into a different creature almost and, <laughs> and her nose you know it was kind of going outwards and the flaps of the nose are really wide and the focus in her expression and it just you know it, it doesn't you know I couldn't really believe it she turned into like a pig snorting you know? <laughs> it is great to watch isn't it you, you see your dog in a certain light all day long and then all of a sudden it's learned something new and you think Oh, wow, that's amazing. We're exactly the same. You know, they start off as puppies. Um, we start them with, you know, small pieces of, of scent work and then it gets bigger and bigger and longer and longer and the indication gets better and better. And you think, you know, you look back three or four months previously and you think the dog didn't have a clue and then you show it something, teach it something, it gets it. Oh, it's fantastic to watch. 
And that really helps through the bond, doesn't it? You know, we're living in an age where there's 3.2 more million dogs living in this country, you know, since the pandemic and everything. And, and I always say to people, you know, train your dog you know you build communication you build trust you build that respect and and it's that connection that you know can't be underestimated right Colin no very much so I mean especially in our line of work because unfortunately um you know we've got to have such a bond with our dog because we sometimes that dog is our only partner in some hairy situations as you will know from Dave and Finn the dog saved his life there's no doubt about that. And numerous other German shepherds up and down the country are saving lives. That, you know, uh, All the very, very worthy winners of the Finn Blue Poor Foundation winners uh, are all bravery. You know, they are unbelievable, but people don't see that. People just see, sometimes they only see the biting aspect. Well, unfortunately, we need to send these dogs um, to do that because some of these offenders just don't, get the word stand still and I just you know I just the bond between the dog and the handler is absolutely amazing I know I always think it, it must be like that old expression one man and his dog because um <laughs> you know and I can believe it must be really scary I mean what has been your most scary moment then it must have been when I've uh, been approached by a gentleman he had uh, an axe and it was in a, uh, a dark garden in, in front of in Hackney, funny enough, because oh. um, <laughs> obviously the city of London borders Hackney. Uh, yeah. So we often uh, helped out within um, Hackney area. And it was one evening myself and uh, my dog were called and the gentleman was said to have an axe. Unfortunately, the firearms officers were some way away. So we had to start because of the locality and around people's houses. And then all of a sudden, He's standing there and me, him and the dog are rolling around in somebody's garden. It wasn't until later on you realise somebody took a photograph of the axe there and you think, hang on a minute, that was a little bit dangerous. But at the time, you, you just don't have time to think. You react and you do what you've got to do, especially, you know, in somebody else's garden. I had no idea that there could have been children in there, elderly people, someone coming out to see what the commotion was. We had to deal with it. So I think I think that was the most scariest moment. Um, but that was on reflection at the time. Uh, you just don't get time to think. You just deal with what you got to deal with. Gosh, yeah, I bet. And the adrenaline must be pumping as well. But it is true. Lots of people might criticize service dogs right you know which um you know you why are you using dogs why do you need the horses but they do things that humans are just incapable of doing right absolutely oh oh my god yes i mean you, you mentioned horses um you know they are worth their weight in gold in a very large public order situation they can do the the job of 50 60 police officers in clearing a, a road or or anything like that but unfortunately you know they they get attacked as well and it's just it's heartbreaking to watch you know not only for the animals but you know the rider as well as the the, the other dog handlers who, who get injured because of you know people are attacking their dogs it's um it's heart-wrenching to see but Finn's laws, you know, really brought that in line, hasn't it, really? And government have done well on that front. What does Finn's law mean to you personally? Well, personally, as uh, Gemma mentioned on the Crime Watch the other day, she yes. was stating that um, 
you know, the, the assailant who was convicted was convicted of criminal damage. And she put it a, a liken to smashing a, a window. You know, a, a magistrate would give the same sentence to smashing a window than smashing a, a, um, a dog over the head, a service dog over the head. This cannot be right. So full, full um, gratitude to, to Dave and, and the rest of the team and obviously the MPs that backed him. Um, because it means that we're standing there sometimes and quite a few people have tried to kick Elvis because they don't want him near them, sniffing the air around them, knowing full well they've got drugs on. And, you know, that's another uh, string to our bow to arrest them and charge them with the specific offence of injuring a service animal. So it's an absolutely great piece of legislation for, you know, police animals. And how does Elvis respond then if people, you know, because he'll be able to smell the fact that they don't like him as well as the fact that he's probably, they've got substances on, you know, because they can smell fear, can't they? Absolutely. Anna, you, it just doesn't phase him at all. He's been whacked with brollies. He's been whacked with bags. Uh, and again, that goes back to his training. The instructor's um, that trained him in uh, in his uh, original, you know, at the very, very beginning. They put all those in. They put bags in. They put um, turning around and, and pushing the dog away. It's all part of his training. And it just doesn't phase him. There's a very old adage that says, if you want to see an angry handler, kick his dog. If you want to see an angry dog, kick his handler. And that is no, you know, very, very true. We, we do take these animals very, very seriously. They are our friends. We understand they're not pets, but they are with us a lot more than our own family. So that bond is very, very strong. So you went from German Shepherds to Elvis? No, um, while I had the German Shepherd, I had a, a little Springer Spaniel. I personally called him Ugly Ben um, because he, he just... <laughs> It just didn't look right. It, it, it was a strange looking English Springer Spaniel, but he was a fantastic uh, cash drugs firearms recovery dog with the City of London. Uh, he'd done numerous years with them. He's retired and he now is funny enough in my, in my little office in the oh. house. He, he comes indoors now. But the problem with it is Anna, he takes absolutely no notice of me whatsoever. I've fed him for eight years. I've walked him for eight years. I've looked after him for eight years. And he takes no notice of me whatsoever. Wherever my partner Pauline goes, he follows her. It's everywhere she goes, he goes. And I, I sit there and I think, you traitor. I've looked after you all these years and you have nothing to do with me. So, but, you know, that, that's a dog's life. And he's done his bit. He's retired. He's very well looked after. And then I have a, an explosive detection dog called Eddie. Unfortunately, he's not very well at the moment. He's under the vets with some issues. Um, but he's a seven-year-old English Springer Spaniel. And again, it, I don't know what it is, Anna, but I always seem to get all the odd dogs because <laughs> he, he, he's very strange. He, he runs funny. He tries to put his back legs in front of his front legs while he's running. But he is such a lovely, um, loving dog. You can't sit down without him jumping all over you. So again... For, you know, the dogs I've had, I have been so, so lucky that ones that have been successful uh, have been absolutely wonderful. That's great because it's all the gun dogs you're working with. I mean, I grew up with English Springers. One of them was gun shy from a gamekeeper. <laughs> and um, so another one was a rescue. And they're, they're, they're brilliant. They're, they're great family dogs, actually, I think, Springers. But my dad, for example, was a keen Labrador fan. You know, he would have loved oh. Elvis. Do you think there's something about the Labrador that really 
really sets them up to be Britain's number one dog because they've held that position, haven't they? You know, for years and years, whether it's to do with that toilet um, roll advert that's, you know, <laughs> always advertising them or whatever. But, you know, there's what, what is it then? What's special about Labradors and Elvis in particular? I think Labradors, quite right, as you said, have been portrayed as a nice family, fluffy dog. But the advert doesn't tell you that they're food monsters, does it? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> um, uh, and that's the the trait I have with Elvis. Um, we we have tried to get him out of that trait, but as you you know, the instructors tell me he's a Labrador, he's a dog. You can't get everything out of him. You just got to manage it the best way you can. So I do try to, you know, try and anticipate people coming through with food. Um, But the the good thing with Elvis, I've been very lucky that I I can tell the difference when it's food and when it's drugs. And people have tried to carry drugs within a food bag. And he was just the power of the smell of the drugs overpowered the food and he just went through it. You know, I'm not 100% successful. There have been times where he's uh, pulled me across a concourse of a train station to pull out a steak slice. Um, (laughs) But, um, uh, you know, I've got to try and manage that the best I can. But Elvis himself, he's a two-year-old. He's got some character. And, you know, he is a lovable, uh, you know, dog. I can take him to um, dog shows. Uh, I can take him to when we do a thing called Chat and Pat, where we go into schools, uh, scouts, uh, cadets, units, and, and show them, explain to them what police dogs do. It is he's just so lovely. He'll just lay there. He loves being patted. Um, and I love chatting about him. So, I, I'm, you know, we get the both, best of both worlds. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> there was um, an incident, wasn't there, where he, he, he got hold of quite a lot of Ken. He got the stash of Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> It, it was, in fact, it was uh, it was Nando's, if I'm honest. Uh, oh, was it? And what happened, yeah, it was because, as you know, now all the uh, takeaway stores and that have um, have gone away from plastic to um, paper bags. And somebody walked past a, a train station, and clearly the items have uh, leaked in the bag, so it made it weaker than it normally would be. Elvis has cottoned on to this. He's gone. The person's gone past. He's all. Oh, I like that smell, followed the person. And I'm as I've stopped the person to say, you know, is there a reason why my dog, uh, before I could say any more, he's opened the bag uh, and eaten all of the chicken on the floor. And I just wanted the ground to open up and swallow me. But, I, you know, it's no good trying to pull him away. He would have just kept going back. So get it out of his system, eat it, do what you've got to do, and let's get back to work. And that's yeah. what we had to do. <laughs> yeah, lucky it didn't have any bones in it. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, absolutely. It was, um, uh, you know, our, our, it was just just chicken everywhere. Bless him. <laughs> so funny. Do you think a shepherd would would have the same kind of nose for the chicken? Do you think there is a, a, a real difference between the gun dog and a working type for this, this nose work specifically? Yeah, I think so. It's in their makeup, isn't it? It's in their genes that, you know, gun dog and, and Labrador, um, that, that's why, you know, police services and the military use them for, for that particular work. You know, if the, the lab, if the German Shepherd is, in my opinion, a great all-rounder, um so for pacific work then gun dog breeds are, are absolutely fantastic 
and have the best noses. Yes, maybe a bull terrier might come second. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if we're looking for truffles, I know where to come. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We need permission, you see, um, from a landowner to go in and find them. That's the thing. So because you can be um, stopped at Epping Forest. You might know more about this than me because they're they're in Epping Forest, by the way, the truffle. But they search people with rucksacks and everything. And um, I I wasn't aware of that. No, I didn't know that. Mm, I don't think it's a big penalty or whatever but I think you'll find if you've um t- dug because it's digging into the ground you see sure. so it's not like picking a blackberry off a blackberry bush or something oh, um right. yeah subtle difference so we've got to work around that but what we're locked down and what have you we've not really had the opportunity to get going on it so um yeah I'm looking forward to a refresher course with uh <laughs> Dave Bordell I really am <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly so you know I mean how amazing is it that the Thin Blue Poor Awards though happened sort of just in the wake of the 20th anniversary of 9-11 because we've been really reminded about that rightly so the last few weeks and um and the dogs that went in there you know I mean that was one job big job that was um just amazing that you know the the victim recovery dogs to search for you know for potential survivors and uh, and just again i'm in awe in you know in what they can do they these dogs have no say of where they go do they we we say right as police officers we are going here to search that get on with it um and it's the same you know of any service dog we we take them we we ask a lot of them uh, and they don't ask for a lot in return uh and you look at some of the photos of um these service dogs and how tired they are, I mean, uh, as well as Grenfell, the dogs that were working in Grenfell and the handlers and the conditions they had to work in is just absolutely phenomenal. I am in such awe uh, that we have these uh, handlers and the, the dogs available to help people. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, they're man's best friend, really. Very much you know, so. Very much. And and the dogs do love the work, though, because for them, it's a game, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's all it's all toy reward or food reward. It, it To them, it's a big game and they enjoy it. And we are so lucky that they do enjoy it because at any time they can say, you know what? No, nah, I've had enough today. Dad, I don't want to do any work today. And then there's nothing we can do about it. We can't. You know, you can't compel them to do it. They do it because they want to do it. They do it because it's fun and they do it for the love of you. Yes, yes, yes. So Elvis must be making you feel very proud then at the moment, Colin. Yes, I'm very, very proud of him. He is a young dog. You know, it's not just me. I mean, obviously, I'm his handler. I look after him. I feed him and and we go out together. But it is a big team effort. You You know, my colleagues help me out. Um, by uh, you know helping me with the training uh, and the actual trainers themselves you you know when he was done originally and it would be wrong of me not to also mention he's puppy walker because when he was born he was after a few weeks he was uh, given to a puppy walker uh, and they just did an absolutely fantastic job Uh, I got him he was he was very healthy he was full of beans uh, and it just made it so easy to train him. Uh, and again, every day I look at him and I, I just let on how lucky I am to have him. Oh, that's brilliant. And, you know, too, he's already won an award. You know, it's almost <laughs> like the world is your lobster ahead of you. You know, the sky's <laughs> the limit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to think so. I, I'd like to think because obviously he's two. He's got a lot more years uh, in the job than me. So I hope if anybody else does uh 
get him, that um, he will carry on doing some great work for them than he has for me. Um, they would be whoever does get him would be very very lucky to have him. That must be heartbreaking that you might have to say, you know, gosh, I mean, how how would you feel about that though, with another handler handling him? Wouldn't um wouldn't that be upsetting? Um, yes and no. I, I'd be lying if I say you know, because at the end of the day, he is a he is a tool. If you know, if if I was at work and my batteries. When I'd go and get some new batteries for me torch. It, unfortunately, if anything happens to the dog, then okay, we'll go and get a new dog. It, it's not as easy as that, obviously, because of the bond we have. But I know he'll be very well looked after, and I know he will go out and do the stuff he's enjoyed. You know, he's been trained and he enjoys doing. So um, yes, I, I'd miss him, but I know full well that he's gone on to, um, you know, just as good as life as he's got here. Yeah, well, it's very um, sensible and um, caring of you, really. But, oh, Colin, it's been <laughs> great to speak and uh, hearing all your enthusiasm for, for dogs. <laughs> I mean, what an amazing job you have, really. Yes, it, I, I, you know, a lot of officers say it's the best job in the world. But until they've done this job, this is clearly the best job in the world. Oh, well, I hope to meet you and Elvis one day. That would um, be fantastic. And thanks again, you know, for doing this. And to donate to the Thin Blue Paw, where should people go, Colin? Um, it's the thinbluepawfoundation.org.uk, uh, I believe, if that's uh, correct. But it is, if you just put in the Thin Blue Paw Foundation, um, it will come up and yeah, any donations are, are absolutely uh, really, really welcome because obviously you're helping every police dog in the country, not just your local ones, but every police dog in the country. So uh, what an absolutely fantastic charity it is. It really is. So all the links will be in the show notes as well, though, Colin. And um, wonderful. Yeah. Just thank you very much again for joining us today. No, and I thank you very much for asking me. It's been a pleasure of mine. Thank you. That's our show, Mr Binks. What did you think? Yes, the dogs of the City of London Police are definitely keeping London streets safe. What's that? Yes, you're right. It is time for Woof of the Week. Never underestimate how much your dog knows with its nose. I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again to police dog handler Colin Nash. For more about Colin, all the links are in our show notes. Thanks also to my producer, Mike Hansen. Find out more about Pod People Productions at Pod People UK. And for me, I'm at Anna Webb Dogs. What's that, Mr. Binks? Yes, we will be back in your feed next Sunday. So why don't you subscribe now and then you'll never miss another show. Bye for now.